You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo. I'm Mike Golick. Not flying solo. My wife Chris is here, and Harry and Hank are here as well. Our two pugs hanging out doing this, and we are doing this from our place in South Bend at Notre Dame. We have moved. We have moved since we, we talked to you last. We have left Connecticut. We have. We have sold our house in Connecticut. Let me tell you. You know they say moving can be stressful and all that and tiring. They're a hundred percent right. We're exhausted. I mean, what did we pack? Like over a hundred boxes. Well, yeah, and that's after we had already moved some stuff. Yeah. So, it's a lot. It, it, it's a lot. Listen, I'm not asking... Everybody, any... Everybody's gone through it. Yeah, it's something not, everybody yeah, can right. relate to. We're no different than anybody else. Not asking anybody to feel sorry for us, but... Uh, man, I'm ev- tired. <laughs> everything they say about moving, man, it is true. But uh, now at this point, give you the update, we will spend um, a good amount of the year in South Bend, another good amount of the year in Scottsdale, Arizona. And depending on where all the kids are over the next six months or a year, may get a, a small place uh, back in Boston or, or uh, Connecticut area to, so we can be around the kids and stuff. Yeah, we're kind of in a wait and see. We're going to let it With breathe them. for a little bit yeah. and, and then decide if we need to, <clears throat> to do something, something out east. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I'm happy right now to just take a breath. Boy, we are. We're just, just taking a breath right now, but obviously the sports world isn't. We'll get into it. And as far as I know, a lot of people have been asking, what am I going to do next? Things are starting to come together. Churn a little bit there. Uh, nothing official yet, but it's a wide variety of Possibly a daily show, going to do some podcasts, going to do some college ball, maybe some NFL ball as well. So a number of things out there and something really fun um, that that may be coming out really soon. Something different than what I've been doing in the sports world. It'll be outside the sports world, but have a sports connection. Shockingly enough, it'll involve food as well. So there's a there's, <laughs> there's a, real, a real stunner, real stunner <laughs> people, there. But people, uh, people didn't see that one coming. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one. But wow, no, nobody's going. Wow, didn't see that yeah. one. So, uh, so all that is all in the works, and, and I'll keep. And I, I appreciate everybody asking. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll jump back into it uh, in a couple of different forms. Um, before we start with questions that people put out there, I wanted to bring up the NCA wrestling. We you watched that since. Um, the last time we did a podcast, yeah, and I wanted to know if you had some thoughts on what you saw and oh, the kid Lee from uh, from Iowa was, uh, I mean, unbelievable in what uh, what he was able to accomplish. What his third his third title, I believe, and just just how dominant uh, that he was uh, in the entire tournament. Hell, hell, the last few tournaments has uh, been absolutely incredible of what he has done. So he was a lot of fun to watch, a tough wrestler. And I, I know after his finals, he talked about this finals and the previous finals, you know, with ACL injuries as well. You know, there was him. Uh, there was a Ferrari kid. I, th- I think was, that was his name, 197, the f- true freshman from Oklahoma State. Kid is stoked. And what a personality oh, he has. Oh, I remember him, yeah. Holy <laughs> smokes, man. Yep. That kid is just fun to listen to. 
without question. And what he pulled off as a true freshman was really, really uh, impressive. And then my weight class, for those that don't, don't know, I, I wrestled at Notre Dame as well. So did my brother Bob. Gabe, Ste- uh, uh, Gable Stevenson, um, n- named after Dan Gable, his first name Gable, last name Stevenson. He uh, finally got to fulfill and win a national championship. He'd have been the favorite last year, but we know COVID uh, knocked that out. He's a guy that's six two, about two sixty, or, or maybe a little more than that. It'll be interesting with Olympic trials coming up. I like him as a heavyweight because he shoots. I mean, he singles, he's doubles. He is he is a very very active wrestler for a heavyweight, not just an upper body guy, but a lot of fun to watch. Uh, really, a lot of fun. Iowa getting the title over Penn State, which had been dominant over a number of years, uh, but Iowa with the team title this time around, so congrats to them. But a lot of fun to watch is also going on same time as the first round of the NCAA tournament. I'll get into that in this podcast now, you uh, as well. You haven't been to the NCAA wrestling I, I have. Well, the only time I was is when my brother Bob wrestled in it, and I went to it. And then another time would have been when I would have gone to it, but before the... Um, the qualifier regionals when I was a junior, I think, at Notre Dame, sophomore, junior year, where, you know, I think if I placed in the top three, I was going to the Nationals, and it was looking pretty good there. I had a pretty good record. Um, my brother Bob and I were practicing before that, and end of practice, we shot at the same time, and we collided heads, and I got a concussion, and the doctors for the tournament actually wouldn't let me wrestle in the regionals, so I could, I mean, <laughs> it was That's my chance to, to, yeah. to qualify for the uh the Nationals, it was my junior year. And then the next year, I hurt my shoulder in football and I had to get ready for the draft and I didn't wrestle. So I'd only been there the one time to watch my brother Bob. But I, I, I want to go again. Hell, I'd love to go there in a work capacity. Right. You know, and, and call, you know, hey, NBC, you know, <laughs> Olympics yeah. coming up, man. I'd love to. Big love 10 to network. Do that. Big 10 to ever, any, any, any of those networks. I, I mean, I just absolutely love it, love talking. I loved it easily as much as football, easily as much as football when I wrestled. But. You know, there was nowhere to go in wrestling right. after college. The Olympics. The Olympics. I wasn't good enough for the okay. Olympics. Um, Gabe's, uh, Gable Stevenson is interesting. Gable Stevenson, he he talks about the WWE. Right. He, he, and he's got that personality. He, he, I think, would be that bad guy. He'd be that, that heel guy. Um, but, yeah, and he's very, very athletic. So I bet he could do some interesting things in the ring. But let's see what he can do, you know, with Olympic trials and things like that first. So... Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. It, it really, I know everybody's uh, concentrating a lot on the NCAA tournament, uh, the basketball I get, but, you know, I really enjoyed watching uh, the wrestling. Really, really I actually watched a little bit yeah. this year, too. Got into it, It was huh? a little interesting, so, yeah. Uh-huh. For, yeah. for those that don't really know wrestling, it can be weird to it watch, can. right, when it guys can. are in certain positions and holds and yeah, grabbing. but you kind of pick up on it. You do. You, yeah. You, you do. Yep, for sure. All right, we're going to do some questions before we jump into everything else. We always like answering your questions. Well, somebody was asking, how's Daddy's wallet doing with the wedding planning? Uh, the wallet is still in my back pocket, but it is a lot lighter. It's now, the one good thing is, from when she was engaged to her, she's not getting married till April of 22. Mm-hmm. There was a time, because of COVID, we right. knew 20 weddings would get pushed to 21. So she and Ben decided that they'd wait till 22. So we get to spread out some of the, the we had deposits. A longer, longer runway yeah. for it, yeah. which made it nice. Yes. One of the other reasons I need to get back employed again. <laughs> Not because I want to, and I love talking sports, but I need to pay for her wedding. <laughs> so true. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. If you were on death row, what would your request be for your last meal? Last uh, meal? It would be monstrous. Uh, it would be meat. It would be mashed potatoes. It would be like street corn on the cob. Mm. Love all that stuff. I'm not sure what kind of meat a prime rib, st- any kind of meat, ribs, maybe. I, I'd order a ton. Right. Is there, is there any limit to like what you I don't order? know. That you're, I, want, I don't know if there's a, a, an amount limit, right. a price limit. I have no idea. Right. And I hope, like, quite honestly, I hope I don't find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, don't ever want to, but it would be a meat product, a mashed potatoes, desserts would be, wouldn't be a piece of anything. It would be like a whole key lime pie or chocolate <laughs> cake or something like that. Or both, right? It would, I would be stuffing would, myself beyond yeah, capacity. Yeah, for sure. Is what it would. Absolutely. I like this one. When home in Willowick, favorite bar growing up? Uh, or were you a Manry Park or Dudley Park? My bar was the LaSalle Tavern. And you and I were just talking about it yesterday. We were. It was right down the street from my high school, St. Joe's High School, which is now Villa Angela, St. Joe's, on 185th Street, uh, down toward the end, going toward the freeways, LaSalle Bar and uh, Tavern. Is it still there? I don't, I I honestly, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Small bar. Grew up, I would go in there. Maybe I was a little young to be in there at times, but I was. I ended up doing some bartending there. When I would come back from school before I go back, do some right. bartending there. And boy, oh boy, did I make some good drinks. Oh, I bet. And boy, oh boy, <laughs> did I get some good tips from those drinks. <laughs> but uh, great, great guys there who owned it. Great little bar right down the road from my high school. Loved it. And I was a Manry Park guy. I lived four blocks from Manry Pool so I could walk there. And my brother Bob was first there because he was the oldest son, Greg, and then me. We all worked there. We all worked at the the pool. Right. We were all lifeguards. We all we opened the pool every year, closed the pool every year. But we were lifeguards. We uh, we taught swimming lessons. We swam on the swim team there. Uh, I was over at Dudley a few times, but uh, more than a few times, obviously. And, but and the ironic thing is that the guy that was running the pool when you were there still runs the pool, right? Marty Gazowskis is his name, and he was literally he's he's like probably my brother Bob's age, Bob sixty something, yeah, 60, yeah, in that area. Marty was. Uh, Running the pool, both of them at times. He ran one or the other, and yeah, last I heard, he was still running them. That's I mean, which is that's crazy, unbelievable. Yes, what but, a streak! <laughs> I mean, it's stunning. What what a what a vocation! Yeah. You know, guy loves pools. I let me tell yeah. you, what, what a gig! Yeah. I'll never forget when I started working there at sixteen. So that was 62, 70, 78, mm-hmm. 77, 78. Yep. I uh, I think I was making. $2.12 an hour. Isn't that crazy to like think that. about? And I'll never forget taking it and depositing it in the bank. You know, and having I mean, how bank much could it have been over two oh, weeks? Oh, my God. I mean, it barely had to be anything. next to nothing. We always made our money, Bob, Greg, and I, because we opened the pool, and nobody else knew how to open the pool. Right. Uh, that They just had us do it. So we spent way more hours than we should have. And as we got older, had way more beer than we should have. <laughs> While we were doing it, there's a statute of limitations. I'm not. I, yeah, you're not in trouble anymore, anymore so right? I'm, so I'm yeah. Okay, but but Manry Park was was the park uh, choice for me. So somebody asked us a serious question, and it's one that we always like talking about. What was the most successful way? Or what's the most successful way a parent can get their kids into playing and watching <laughs> sports? So obviously not forcing them, and even though you know. My dad played football in college and then in the Marines, and then he played in the CFL for a number of years. 
Um, he never forced us into sports. A lot of times it was our friends. You know, your friend's going to go play a sport and you want to go play right. it too. So I would say the best thing, and obviously you give your, your opinion, is expose them to sports. Right. You know, and see what they want to try, what they may like. A lot of it, quite honestly, when you're young, it's your friend group. Hey, they all want to go. It's seen more of a social exactly. activity. Yeah, and that's all... where it should start as, Exactly. We should all go sign up, play baseball, right. play football, play basketball, swim. Like I said, the first competitive thing I did was a swim team with right. all the people I ended up working with later on. We all started out swimming together, and we were friends. So that was, we just rolled right into the swim team. Right. Um, as far as, like, watching, it's just something to do with your parents or your yep. family and Again, it's got to be fun. It has like to be fun. Yeah. Man. If it's not fun in either of those levels, then it's, you know, it's a drudgery for kids and it's not something. And listen, Chris and I both understand it's different now than it was when we were kids where we played everything. Right. You play, I mean, you just, one sport to the next to the next. You never even thought about, A, taking a break from sports or, B, sticking with one sport. Right. And I know when I was at the competition for uh, scholarships, that even at a young age, we saw it with our daughter when she was 10 years old. Right. You know, her group won the 10 and under state soccer championship. And, I mean, the, 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 when they, when the other parents said they need to get a pro as a coach, and we're, we're like, what the hell are you talking right. about? I mean, it was crazy. We actually had our seats. We would sit off to the side away from the parents, and if we had a f- Switzerland flag, we'd have brought that it. That would have been us. We'd have just said, just leave us alone. We mm-hmm. want to watch our kid. Right. You know, watch the kids play. But it can, and my dad told me this because I coached my kids in little league, uh, growing up in in everything. And he told me he said it will be some of the most fun you ever have. He said the biggest issue you're going to have is with other parents. Right. And he was absolutely right. So I would always have a meeting with the parents before our season started, whether we were coaching basketball or baseball or football or whatever it was, soccer. And I would tell them, I'd say, listen, you're gonna your kids are going to learn. It's going to be two F's. Fun and fundamentals. They're going to learn the fundamentals of this sport because that's what's going to carry them on if they want to keep going. And my God, they're kids. They got to have fun. If you're, if you want your kid to be on a team that's going to go undefeated and win a championship, this may not be it. If you want to take them somewhere else, go ahead. Right. You know, it's up to you. And, and oh, by the way, outside of, I think of Mike and Jake when they were like maybe eight in Arizona mm-hmm. or seven or six, mm-hmm. their basketball team, the Pulverizers went undefeated. That was probably the, the highlight of uh, my coaching career, literally, because we never had championship teams. But the kids had fun and kids they had, learned. Yep. And I think, like, not every kid loves sports. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I think as a parent, it's just important to find what your kids love to do <clears throat> and embrace it and be a part of it with them. I think one of the key things, if they're going to try it, stick with it for that season. Don't, don't, uh, this would just be our advice. I wouldn't let them try it. And then three weeks in, they say, I don't want to do it anymore and let them quit. Right. Give them the, the full, you know, that they learn. Before they start, you let them know yeah. that you're committed you're for committed, the season. You're committed, and then you have to put your time in for the season. If you want to change after that, that's fine. But right. when you make a commitment, you have to stick by a commitment. Right. And, you know, you learn the value of hard work and teamwork. So I guess in, in a roundabout way, our answer would be expose them to sports, but do it for, Keep for it the fun. fun. Yeah. Gotta, gotta it's got to be, be fun. Otherwise, Absolutely. they're not going to want anything yep. to do with yep. it. That's exactly sure. right. So uh, this uh, Chicago offered a boatload for... For um, for Wilson, uh, did Seattle do the right thing turning it down? Why? Why? 
This has been your pet peeve at home while you've had nobody to talk to. Why would Seattle trade Russell Wilson? We heard about, obviously, Deshaun Watson not liking Houston. Where have we heard this to that degree in Seattle? Okay, Russell may not have liked he wasn't given enough input, but we never, he never said, I'm never playing for them again. He never said, I wanted to trade. Never. And Seattle, do, people understand, if they trade him, it's like a $34 million dead cap hit that Seattle has to eat. Why in the hell would you do that? Why are you trading a quarterback of the level that you search for in drafts and whatnot, now, and then financially hurting right. yourself. And one, of the, one of the reasons, too, he's older, so if they wanted to get younger, you, uh, that would be one of the reasons you think of it. But he's still got a lot of years I, left I in him. I don't think of him as very old. I, but he has been in over a decade. Been in over a decade. Okay, I so, still don't think But he's we very see old. quarterbacks lasting a while, and your, your money, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. This scra- I'm scratching my head at this. Why in the hell would Seattle trade him? I don't think they're going to trade him. I, I, I just don't. So, Are you ready to go God's green earth? Uh, yeah. Why on God's green earth would Seattle trade Russell Wilson? There, is Why? there no way in God's green earth? No way in God's green earth okay. they're trading Russell Wilson. <laughs> the, the other thing that has been making us crazy, the, the Russell Wilson talk has been making us crazy, and the Sam Darnold. Yeah, I am. I am somewhat stunned by this. You know, I, I said, and it in I don't the draft. know if it's real or if it's media driven. Like, well, I mean, they're they're now Sam Darnold. And listen, whenever I talk about a player negatively, yeah, I have nothing against a player. No, I would rather any player that I don't think is going to do well. I would be fine being wrong and them doing well. Right. I would always want somebody to do well, like Pat Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam Darnold, to me, is what he was in college we're seeing in the pros. And everybody wants to bend over backwards and make an excuse that it's a team around him. Now, the team around him sucks. I get it. They did not do a ton for that. But still, to me, I haven't seen with my eyes when I watch him play, and I watch him play a lot, I don't see the, oh, yeah, put him on this team, and he is going to be one of those top quarterbacks. I don't see it. I'm not a team trading for Sam Darnold. I see Sam Darnold like a Mitch Trubisky. Like, there are flashes of greatness. Well, yeah. Like, you look at him sometimes and you go, wow. Because people said that about him. Well, you see Sam, sometimes he plays great. Well, so did Mitch. Right. You know, but unfortunately, there's the other times as well. And there's the coaching involved. Right, right. You know, with, with Nagy and the way he coached Darnold, who right. is now gone. Uh, uh, I mean, um, Mitch. Mitch, who's now gone and is a backup in right. Buffalo. So, I, I, I don't see it. And people are saying, well, Darnold's only been in, in a couple of years. Well... You know, Dwayne Haskins was only in a couple of years. Mitch has only been in a Mitch's couple of years. Mitch's only been a couple of years, and they've been, been cast aside. I just always find it so interesting how one player they decide to write off. Yeah, and the and other I, gets the benefit of the doubt. And the other gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I don't understand how that works, and it, it makes me nuts. Yeah, and, and I think for this with Sam, it's because he never had a really good team around him, which, right. again, I, I get. But I still have not seen. There are other quarterbacks that have started their careers with not a lot around him, but you could see the progression. You know, Lucy yeah. Peyton Manning had a horrible rookie year. Twenty eight, what, twenty five interceptions, twenty eight interceptions. You know, he went on to do pretty well. Right. So I, I just don't see it. But you could see that with him. Right. You could see it with Peyton, even though it was a tough rookie year because he had nobody around him. Right. What the potential there was. Right. I don't see that in Sam Darnold. So I, I mean I, I don't Sam do not. looks like the player that we sat in Notre Dame Stadium and yes. watched play. Yes. He, he, you want to use like you saw yep. some good things, but overall it was inconsistency that was the was the trouble and decision making. So yep. I don't know. I, it makes me a little nuts yep, though. Yep, I agree.
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So, um, somebody said that they're having an argument with their friends about Easter candy. Oh, right. And they wanted to know... Between Starburst jelly beans and Cadbury mini eggs, what do you think is the best? Uh, Starburst jelly beans. Starburst jelly beans are, are they're the best. One of the greatest gifts we've ever been given on this earth. I mean, and that I was super excited that Starburst jelly beans got smart and started making orange and black jelly beans for Halloween. Um, red and pink ones for Valentine's Day. Why did we limit the treasure yeah. of a jelly yeah. bean just to Easter? Like, they need to be around year-round. Year round. Yeah. Now, it's one of those things, you leave them wanting more, but hey, this is supply and demand. Right. If the demand's out there, put the supply out right. there. And the big, they make the jumbo ones? Yeah. Those are awesome. Phenomenal. So, no, don't get me wrong. I, I like Cadbury, the mini eggs. Right. I like all that, right. but you're asking which one you like better. What was your favorite, because Easter's obviously coming up in a week, what was your favorite Easter candy? I mean, it was probably like the chocolate bunny. Yeah. Um, I like to hollow chocolate. See, I like the solid, and I like the white chocolate solid no, bunny. No, yes. I like milk chocolate hollow bunny. Wow. So, yeah. I, How did we ever get, you know, yeah. get together? <laughs> and also the Reese's um, egg. Like Mikey says, the, yeah. the, 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 the specialty egg, eggs. The specialty eggs the specialty seem to be a little peanut bigger. Peanut butter cups are... Right. The consistency and the ratio of peanut butter to chocolate is always better. All right, how about this one? Can you please tell me why on the Wheel of Fortune, by the way, we are big Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy watchers yeah, they, in this house. Like most places, they're on back-to-back yes. in the evening. So. Can you tell me why the Wheel of Fortune contestants always buy a vowel? The vowel costs money. For example, you have a T-H in a three-letter word. Everyone knows it's an E. Well, I, I often think that... The players are coached a little bit before they go on there about the the thought process of when to buy vowels. You're because, kind of just making an assumption, though. But, well, the reason I'm saying it, um, because when somebody would buy a vowel, you would always, and every now and then you hear Pat Sajak say, uh, that's a good move, or uh, that's probably the right thing to do. And and here's my answer of why it's a T-H and, and you know it's an E. Well, you know it's an E there. But if you buy a vowel and you buy an E, what if there are four E's? Now you know it's at the end of T-H and E to make the, but you can have it in three other spots. No, it makes it worth your while. But I feel like sometimes people buy vowels, too many vowels back to back, rather than just kind of... I, I don't know. I, I get it. Now, I don't know if I'd ever go more than two back to back. Right. But I understand the vowel buying because you know for sure you're going to get one, which is something you want. You right. know you want a word where you know something is going to be there, and then it's how many extra letters you're going to get out of that as well. That's so, true. So that's, that, true. That's, that's the reason why. I like this one. Why are so many analysts greedy in the sense that they want certain teams and players who advance in the NCAA tournament and just totally <laughs> shit on the upsets mm-hmm. as if they even watch more than 10 games all season? I'll tell you why. Because they want to be right. Because <laughs> they want to they, they say, I was right. I have thrown that out. Anybody who knows me has thrown that out because when I get to the NCAA tournament, I usually had 10 to 20 sheets when I was doing a show because I would... I would go into pools for money. Right. And my whole goal was to win the pool. 
So, because everyone said, oh, Golik, if it's sheet eight and you call that up, upset, you can't, you can't go, yeah, I saw it coming. And you know what? You're right. That's I not never the point did. of it. That's <laughs> not the point. The point is to win the pool and win the cash. Do you feel That's like a- this year is like the well, best year for upsets? This year, definitely yes. some great upsets yeah. going on. Now you still have three number ones, and I'll get into the tournament in a little bit. You still have some three number ones. But to that question, people want to be right. Right. They want to sit there and say, I was right. It's like the NFL draft. You want to try and pick the guy that's going somewhere so you feel like you're right. Or you want to say, oh, I don't. I think this guy's going to be great. Or I think this guy's going to be bust. You want to be right. But I never want to be right to the negative. I would rather be wrong. I mean, I, I was still an analyst. If I think a player has this as a shortcoming or isn't going to be too good because of this, I'm going to say it. And, and as I, I said, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love someone to look back and say, hey, you were wrong about him. Well, if it turned out to be a great player, then I'm happy to be wrong. Now, do you think in a tournament um, the chance for an upset is easier in football or do you think it's easier in basketball? You know, like when you have two teams that are just playing for one game like that. Well, the difference is in the NCAA tournament, a normal NCAA tournament, you're playing Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. So you're playing... You're playing two games a little quicker, right? You know the Thursday Saturday game. So if you get a guy nicked up, right? You know, if a guy's sick, if something, or just someone is it off, there's more you opportunity. Have to pivot faster, there's, to, right? Yeah. There's more opportunity for an off thing, off game, or something happening to someone, foul trouble, right? Uh, than it would be in in a in a football game. Yeah, yeah. I guess I agree with that. Well, thank so. you. See, I'm right. I always want to be right. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. All right, I I've hugged your time for long enough. Boy, you have. You really, you really wanted to hang around for a while on 24 this one, didn't minutes you? is mm, Jeez, a long time. Oh, man, Goodbye. get out! It's called flying solo. You know what that means? Yeah. Dog, stay with me. They both left. They're both going with you. All right, never mind. All right, so <clears throat> I'll keep answering questions maybe throughout this as well. Quickly, in some of the other sports, NBA, um, we saw we're, we're past the trade deadline now. Um. You know, some of the things, I, I, I look at a couple of things. Kyle Lowry not getting traded uh, from Toronto and Victor Oladipo going from Houston to Miami. That one to me is interesting. Now, what has Oladipo been since he's come back from that major injury, tearing that quad, uh, and what could he be in Miami? But, you know, in a, in a, a um, conference where, you know, are we thinking that's, that's one of the teams? You know, because right now Miami's sitting in, in the seventh slot uh, I, I still believe it's one of three teams, the 76ers, the Bucks, or the Nets, and I'm still going to go with the Nets uh, in this one. Once they are healthy, it's kind of like the team we'll talk about in the West. Once they're healthy, you know, what are they going to do? So right now, two games separate the Bucks and the Nets from the 76ers. And in the Western Conference, you still have Utah on top, the Suns three back. The Clippers made a trade, got Rajon Rondo, and say they sent Lou Williams to Atlanta. So he'll be able to get his wings from Magic City. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google that story. <laughs> and then the Lakers sitting at five back. But we all know LeBron's out with a high ankle. Um, Anthony Davis has been out for a while now as well. That's just They made no moves in the trade deadline. They have a couple of roster spots they can still fill. But we know the only thing for that team is going to be the health of those two players going forward. So if you're still asking me, what I think coming out of this thing in the long run, I'm still saying Brooklyn and the Lakers in the finals, but we have plenty of time uh, to talk about that. Uh, we talked a lot about the the NCAA tournament right there, uh, Chris and I. Uh, I just wonder how everybody's sheets are doing. My best sheet, 
Now, I don't have a show now, so I'm not, you know, goofing around as much as I did with it, but I still have six sheets going. And my best sheet right now, I'm sitting at 370 points. I'm in the 81st percentile. I do have the possibility for 1,530 points. So I do have all four of my um, final four still set. I have Gonzaga, Michigan, uh, Baylor, and Houston. Those are my um, final four on my best sheet right now. Uh, so that's still alive. I have one other sheet. I think I'm sitting at 350, only 20 points behind that. I have a couple really, really bad sheets. Uh, no, I, I have 360. 360 and 350. Um, the 360, though, I had Illinois. And I had all four number ones. Why I did that, I don't know. But I did it. I have Illinois out. And then the 350 sheet, I have Illinois and Ohio State out uh, uh, of the final four. So I don't have a shot in that one. So my best shot is still my first one that I picked. It isn't how it usually works. First one being the best one. But as we said, only one number one seed out uh, right now. And that would be Illinois. They're done. Oil of Chicago took them out. And made it to the Sweet 16, uh, so it's pretty pretty impressive what they have done. Uh, Syracuse, the number 11 seed, making obviously a move. I'm looking at the higher seeds here for everybody. We know Oral Roberts has been the talk of the of the town. They take on number three Arkansas. Roberts a 15 seed and 11 seed UCLA taking on number two Alabama. So the only region that held it the best on its seeds was the the East. Number one is playing number four, Michigan, Florida State, like it should. And number two, Alabama, uh, is playing 11, UCLA. Number three, Texas, uh, lost in the first round, Abilene Christian. So, but that's the, that's the, 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 um, the, uh, area that had the, the best as far as what region had the best from their, um, seeded team staying in it. So we'll see as the, uh, Sweet 16 gets going again this weekend. It'll be fun to talk about. Uh, next week as well. So then we get to, quickly to the NFL. We won't go too much longer here, but the NFL draft trades that have been going on. We saw, uh, as as I'm taping this, it is Zach Wilson Day. <laughs> so uh, Zach Wilson is having his pro day uh, today. Uh, so uh, that, I, I'm always, and I, and I said this for so many years, is I, I the the pro day whether it's a combine or the pro day and the quarterback throwing, it, it really just blows my mind. Blows my mind. I, I'm sitting here watching this pro day and watching the announcers actually going nuts about look at the zip he has on the ball. He's moving that way and throwing. I, I I don't get it. I don't understand it. And then they're telling us what they're simulating. Well, no shit. You know what you can do? You can turn on the tape of their games and watch them do it for real instead of doing it in shorts and a t-shirt. I'm sorry. I have, I have just never grabbed on to this pro day. And I get it. I get why they do it. I understand what they're doing. I, I get it. You want to show that you were ready and blah, 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 blah. But man, the, the shorts and, and, and t-shirt Olympics to me, there is far, and I'm talking about the quarterback now. For the quarterback, there are two things that I want to do with a guy. You got to sit there and go through the ridiculousness of watching them throw in shorts and a t-shirt and going, wow, look at that throw. Or even the other way, if he throws a bad one, go, oh no, he threw a bad one. Oh, just come on. Just stop. That's what the tape is for. To me, it's an interview with the guy. Let, let me sit down with him. Let me get to know him a little bit. Let me talk with him. I don't mean stupid questions that you hear that are asked sometimes at the combine. I mean, just talk with him, whether it's football, whatever. 
I, I do think it is important to talk to maybe some of the support staff around the team and what kind of guy he is. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then one of the most important things is the one-on-ones when you get to take and put them on, at the board, you know, at the chalkboard, you know, and you're drawing up situations or you're watching film uh, and you're going over coverages, you're going over their decision-making, what are they doing, putting them on the spot in situations. That stuff I do think, now you can see it, on film, watching them looking like they're making the right decision or when they made you think the wrong decision, why? What was going through their mind? These are things that I think you can get from that meeting at the chalkboard or in the film room, film room, at least to get inside their head a little bit. As far as the stuff on the field, man, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so past that. I, I really, really am. Uh, but Zach Wilson probably go number two to the Jets. We had a couple of trades already in the draft. You saw the, the Miami Dolphins move out of their initial slot, uh, three to go to, to 12, and San Francisco went to the three slot. So San Fran now owns a three pick, and then Miami went to the 12 slot. Then about 10 minutes later, Miami and Philadelphia traded. Miami jumped back down to the sixth slot and Philly to the 12th slot. So now San Fran has a third pick. Uh, Miami has a sixth pick and Philadelphia has a 12th pick. As of the taping of this, God knows what could change uh, with all this going on as we get closer. We're, we're still like a month away from the draft. We'll still have a ton more mock drafts coming out uh, as well. But are we getting ourselves in a position to see at least three quarterbacks, maybe four, go in the first four picks? So right now you have... Jacksonville, number one, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence if they stay at that pick, or if they trade it, whoever's at number one to take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets, I believe, will take Zach Wilson. I think Sam Darnold's days are over there. We'll see where he ends up. San Francisco jumped to number three. What's interesting here is to note that they made the move, so you figure they may have some decisions. So what if it's going to be a quarterback, what quarterback, you might ask? Well, next in the line, you have a Trey Lance, you have a Justin Fields, and you have a Mac Jones from Alabama. Well, interestingly enough, Justin Fields has not had his pro day yet, so they has not been looked at outside of the film you have on him to look at. Trey Lance has. So you wonder, is San Francisco, did they see enough of Trey Lance, mostly in film, though there wasn't film this year because they didn't play. I think they played one game, so you had to go back the year before. And then it is pro day and, and meeting with him to say, that's the guy that we want. That's where I think they're going to go. I think it's going to be um, Trevor Lawrence 1, Zach Wilson 2, Trey Lance 3 to San Francisco. And then what does Atlanta do? Does Atlanta stay at 4? Do they pick their quarterback of the future to to be behind Matt Ryan? And is that Justin Fields? Has Mac Jones jumped up enough in people's minds? Uh, They had their pro day. Again, let's base it off tape. And this guy's thought process from the neck up has been fantastic. Uh, I, I'm a Trey Lance fan as well on his arm uh, and his ability to move as well. Uh, so is, are we are we setting up for four quarterbacks in the first four picks of the draft? And we're going to get five in the first round for sure. It's just a matter of, of where Mac Jones, if he in fact is the fifth quarterback, is he the fifth quarterback? Does he jump ahead of Justin Fields? I don't know, but we'll see how quickly five quarterbacks get taken uh, in the first round. So that's kind of where we are now. Free agency has been crazy. I could do a whole nother pod on free agency. I know the Patriots came right out of the gate uh, and doing a ton in free agency. And the thing about it is everybody lauded them for it. 
in all honesty, they grabbed some good players, some two really good players, and they filled spots where they blew it in the draft, in, in all honesty. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't get better. They certainly paid to get a little bit better, which is what you do. But, you know, it's an, an amount of that was because they had made poor draft choices over the last couple of years. They, they decided to fill those needs with free agents and paying some money. Uh, and then, you know, sign and bring in Cam Newton back as well. Will he'll, he be the guy? And if he starts to have a year like last year, does he get pulled? And who do they have uh, to go in uh, if, in fact, that happens? I think one of the more interesting things is, and I always like to see it, is with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has basically re-signed everybody. Anybody that could go, they've re-signed him. Godwin, they put the franchise tag on, he signed the tender, so he's going to be there. The only, I believe, starter who is free to move, and the starter from the Super Bowl that is free to move and they haven't done anything yet with is Leonard Fournette. I have no idea if they'll bring him back or not. But the rest of them, they have just incredible job of saying, you know what, uh, let's keep the band together. Even though Tom Brady wants to play till he's 100, we know truthfully he probably only has a couple of more years, if that. So keep the band together and see what you can do. I think that was a great. Sometimes it's not about who knew you bring the, the new people you bring in. It's about the, the the players you keep on your team as well. And Tampa Bay, I think, did a great job of that. So we'll talk more free agency because that's still going on next time. I'm sure there'll be more trades uh, by next time as well. And uh, I look forward to jumping in and talking about that uh, as well. So enjoy the sports. Enjoy everything going on. We seem to be, I know Chris and I both got our first vaccine. We're we're coming up due for our second one. If that's something you choose to do, I hope you're able to get it in a timely fashion, if that's the direction that you want to go. And uh, let's just continue to be, uh, to be uh, you know, good to each other, you know, and uh, and hopefully get through this Sooner rather than later, it seems like we're on the uh, the right path um, with, with COVID. Let, let's hope we can keep it that way. I know there's the whole spring breakers, and we'll see if there's anything after that. You know, you just kind of cross your fingers and hold your breath and see what happens in a couple of weeks. Time will tell, uh, but hopefully we're all still going uh, in the right direction. So uh, enjoy your sports. That's what I like to stick to with this, outside of having some fun with food and what's going on with the family. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.